0: Welcome to the OFR Farm Report, your look at the Atlanta Braves minor league system brought to you by OutfieldFlyRule.com, hosted by Andy Harris and Matt Kritzberg. Hey, everybody, welcome to the OFR Farm Report podcast. With me, as always, my co host, Matt Kritzberg. Matt, how are you doing?
1: I'm reporting not in the best shape of my life.
0: I I don't know what to do with this information.
1: (laughs) I, I have a strange shoulder. Hopefully it's all fixed now, though. I'll be a designated podcaster, so I don't have to play left field.
0: Okay. Well, I, I should probably get designated that, too, because I couldn't play any position. All right. Well, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, today on uh, outfieldflyrule.com, we published our uh, top prospect list. Always a uh, fun... Exercise well. Usually, is a fun exercise. Honestly, it was not that fun this time. <laughs> no,
1: nah, it's it's a sl- slightly less depth in the system than there was at this time last year or any time over the last few years. So it was a little more uh, um, tedious than usual.
0: Yeah, and and that reflects us, um, you know, getting it out a little bit later than we usually do. We we typically get it out like in December, uh, so we missed that by only eight weeks or so. But um, you know close
1: enough. Well, to be fair, if we had done it in December, a lot of that information may have been changed by now. Uh,
0: that's very true. Uh, there's been there's been a few trades, uh, which is another reason why the list is in the shape it's in. Um, so we'll talk about that. But before we do that, we wanted to go over um, the, uh, the uh, Braves announced the new coaching staffs for the um, minor league teams, or at least for the full season teams. I don't think we've... Oh, oh yes, we do. Okay, I see it now. Uh, I see the rosters for the uh, short-season leagues as well. And uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on this, Matt. Um, starting at the top with Gwinnett. Um, pretty much the same staff. Uh, Matt Tui returning as manager. Carlos Mendez uh, returning as hitting coach. Uh, Roberto Nevarez as coach. But the big difference is the pitching coach is changing. Uh, the very well-regarded Mike Maroth is. Off to, uh, I believe, the University of Central Florida. That is correct. Which I believe, which I, from what I understand, is closer to home, and uh, he uh, was just for for family reasons, kind of wanted to get off the. Uh, professional circuit for now so uh, he's now coaching at the college ranks and craig Bjornson is uh joining the gwinnett staff anything about craig uh
1: yeah he's got a, a nice background in fact he was the bullpen coach for the new york mets last year not their one of their farm clubs for the actual big league club and he's been bullpen coach for several teams over the last few seasons including the uh, houston astros uh so he's, he's got a lot of experience and it's be interesting to see uh, how he works with these uh Gwinnett pitchers, especially uh, the guys who are pretty close to the big leagues, say Schuster, Vines, Dodd in particular.
0: Yeah, and the way pecking orders usually go, um, Major League bullpen coach is a stepping stone to pitching coach, uh, but I think being the pitching coach for a club like Gwinnett, which is to have pretty much a, a near Major League quality pitching staff may be just an opportunity too good to pass up for uh, Coach Bjornson here.
1: Yeah, and there's uh, one other interesting uh, coach that was named, uh, Stevie Wilkerson. He's 31 years old. Um, he's a smattering of major league experience, but this is his first coaching job, and it's pretty rare to see somebody in their first ever coaching job go straight to AAA. So I thought that was a pretty interesting addition to this coaching staff. And it's interesting that age 31, there's going to be several players on this team that are older than he is.
0: All right, uh, moving down to uh, your neck of the woods, uh, Mississippi. Um, Very good to see uh, Kanakoa Teixeira move up from Rome. Uh, We'll take over as manager of the uh, Mississippi Braves, which um, has just really had a hard time basically holding on to managers now for a while. Uh, Hopefully Teixeira will keep it for at least a couple years. Um, But Teixeira is obviously a rising star in the uh, Braves coaching um, pantheon
1: yeah I, I thought last year uh i think it was pretty late in the offseason when bruce crab was named the uh manager for mississippi i'm thinking it was about 60 years old i mean he had a lot of experience i think i, I think all along he was just kind of a one-year placeholder until they get somebody else in position because i think it was pretty late when dan meyer took the uh triple a uh pitching coach job for the i believe it was the pirates so yeah they, they had to plug somebody in and uh now that they've this, the, they had a regular off season, they got to share in position and it's a well-deserved promotion. He's done a really good job in the Braves organization over the last few years.
0: Right. And he's bringing with him his hitting coach from Rome, uh, Danny St. Sebastian, uh, who um, I think uh, just the kind of work that he's done the last couple of years with the likes of Michael Harris and Von Grissom, they come to Rome and kind of uh, really do, you know, uh, iron a lot of things out uh bringing that up to mississippi um there's there's let's, quite frankly there, there's been some guys that are kind of stuck at that double a level right um so i'm wondering if uh, this is a uh effort to kind of help get the, some of those guys unstuck
1: yeah because it's going to be a lot different than the beginning of last season last season Mississippi was the club to watch uh, with all the prospects, including Michael Harris, at the beginning of the season. This year, it's going to be a whole different ballgame. Uh, there's not a lot. There's hardly any prospects on this team, and like I said, a few guys. I'd say like uh, Justin Dean, Jesse Franklin, guys like that are probably uh, prime candidates to look at as far as can you get these guys going. So I think that's going to be a pretty interesting uh, addition to the mix.
0: Yeah. And then uh, Bo Henning will be sticking around as pitching coach there, uh, which is perfectly fine. Mississippi, you know, as usual, has a really great pitching staff uh, last year and the last several years. So uh, Rome, of course, will now have a new manager. Uh, Angel Flores will be taking over, who is, I believe, new to the organization.
1: No, no, he was um, a coach at Mississippi last year.
0: Like I said, he was a coach at Mississippi last year. <laughs> And uh, this is kind of interesting. The pitching coaches for Rome and um, Augusta are flip-flopping. So Mike Steed will be coming up to Rome from Augusta and Wes McGuire heading down uh, from Rome to Augusta. And um, uh, that's, um, I don't know what to make of that.
1: I, I think in the case of Rome, and we'll talk about Augusta here in a minute, it's not so much promotions and demotions, it's repositioning of resources. And I think based on the rosters those two teams are going to have, they're positioning the the pitching coaches and the hitting coaches who will be best served to work with the players they're going to have there because it's going to be a couple of really interesting rosters to begin the season.
0: Right, and I'm I'm just again this is just spitballing, but it feels like Wes McGuire maybe they want uh, those young teenage guys maybe working out with McGuire. Uh, Steed is kind of comes from the college background, so it might make a Uh, more sense to put him at that level where probably a lot of the college guys we just drafted are going to end up right
1: yeah and like with uh, Augusta Cody Gabella the uh, manager there was the uh, manager in for the FCL team last year so he'll be very acquainted with a lot of the players that will be playing for him at Augusta so I think that's a pretty good move there as well
0: all right and of course uh, Bobby Moore the mayor of Rome will be back as the uh, as a bench coach for Rome
1: It'll be more of a surprise when you tell me one season that he's not back.
0: Well, there was like a two-season stretch there where he wasn't, and everybody was like, "What the hell? What's going on with this organization?" That's that's kind of when the uh, everything started falling apart.
1: <laughs> Trying to create the twenty, recreate the twenty sixteen magic. All right,
0: and then in the uh, FCL we got Nestor Perez, who's a longtime uh, coach. He's been kind of up and down. Um, As manager, but he's uh, excellent working with uh, younger players, so he will be managing the FCL Braves. Uh, Einar Diaz, who's also been in the organization now for several years, will be uh, the hitting coach down there. Um, A name that may be familiar to Braves fans uh, will be a new coach in the FCL, Ben Revere, uh, who you may remember. Uh, as a reliever, uh, it seems like I remember most him mostly with the uh, Philadelphia Phillies.
1: Yeah, I think he kicked around the league for a while, but that's where I remember him from the most. Yeah.
0: So um, just uh, looking at the coordinators, it uh, looks like most of the uh, coordinators are returning. Um, Paul Davis returning is the director of pitching development. Uh, Greg Walker is a roving hitter instructor. Um Michael Saunders, who at one point was managing the Danville Braves and I think then managed Augusta. He is uh, now an outfield uh, and base running coordinator. Uh, Devon Travis, who uh, was a coach, I believe, with Mississippi last year, right? I believe so. Yeah, P is a minor league instructor now, a roving minor league instructor. And, of course, uh, Terry Pendleton, uh, who's been a roving instructor for some time, uh, continuing in that, uh, in that role. So um, it looks like a good group. Um, it, and I, I, I'm i especially excited for Mississippi. Um, I think they might finally be getting some stability there in that stuff.
1: Yeah, like, like I talked about earlier, I don't I don't think they'll have much of a roster to start the season, but I think a lot of these kids by the end of the season will be at least flowing into Mississippi, and that ought to be a pretty solid roster by the end of the year. They'll get to share something more to work with.
0: Um, it is the start of spring training, um, if no doubt uh, most of the fans listening to us have seen videos on social media from Atlanta Braves and other uh, assorted uh, accounts uh, with pictures of um, blue skies and, uh, and uh, athletic young men throwing the ball around and not getting all that sweaty, but uh, still getting a, still getting their baseball workout in as uh, they prepare for the start of exhibition season on Saturday. I haven't heard anything as far as um, any particular standouts or anything like that. There was a a bit today about Kyle Wright uh, being kind of slow with his um, uh, pitching program due to a quarter zone shot he had to have for his shoulder, Uh, but they insist that he'll be ready for opening day. Uh, Joe Jimenez, who we acquired from Detroit over the offseason, Uh, He's been a little bit slowed uh, due to a a procedure he had on his back, but that was back in November. It looks like he is ramping up nicely. And uh, was Michael Soroka, Um, a little tight hamstring, so they're taking it easy with him. Um, I saw somebody on Twitter, unfortunately, I don't remember who it was, point out that at this point 75% of the players probably all have tight hamstrings at this point. It's just that they're being extra cautious with – Mr. Soroka.
1: Yeah, obviously in that case, I mean they're definitely going to be super uh, cautious. But one good thing to hear is it was not it was not the hamstring that's on the leg where he's had the two Achilles injuries. So, I mean that's a it may not be anything major either way. But it was kind of a relief to hear that portion of it. And the case of Joe Jimenez, he had that uh, he had a arthroscopic back procedure done at uh, at the end of last season. Didn't sound like anything significant. Um, in fact, he said he skipped the WBC just to kind of uh, take things slow and at a a nice pace so he won't put too much stress early on but it sounds like he'll he'll be ready for opening day
0: it's it's early on so hopefully um good health will follow the braves through spring training you know it's it's the uh coach coaching staff nightmare right Uh, as as you go there you have to have spring training to prepare but uh inevitably there's always going to be some injuries that are going to derail people which is why they have backups upon backups upon backups
1: Yeah, and especially this year with the World Baseball Classic, I don't know if they'll have a thing. Usually they'll have a bunch of guys in camp that are just camp bodies and they'll send them out pretty early on. I wonder if they keep them around longer this year due to the WBC or if they have some kind of procedure in place where they can just bring them in as fence jumpers in the middle of spring training just to help fill out spots on the roster.
0: Yeah, they can always do that. But, yeah, they might keep them in camp just a little bit longer. But um, I think I saw that um, most of the – players that are participating in that including Ronald Acuna they'll be heading out um, on March 7th that's a Tuesday Um, with uh, Chadwick Trump leaving on March 1st because his first game is actually in Taiwan Uh, so he needs to get out there and get acclimated to the uh, completely different time zone there so
1: will it support a 950 51 52
0: 53, 54, 55 56 57, 58 59 automobile It's a 60 61 62,
2: 63, 64,
1: 65, 65.
0: All right, so we ready to talk about this uh, prospect list
1: oh there's a prospect list
0: yeah yeah it's uh <laughs> it's got 25 names. actually it's got uh, 50 names on it um, we did uh full Full blown synopsis for the first twenty five, then kind of um, you know, uh, capsules. Out. Yeah, capsules for the uh, th- for the back half of the list. Um, usually we go thirty five. At one point when I was super ambitious, I did fifty uh, with full things, but um, uh, that didn't happen this year. Uh, I think uh, I, I, I think the the Jimenez trade finally just. Uh, you stuck a knife on having it anything longer than 25 for the full write-ups.
1: Yeah. And then the, uh, the three-way deal, they got, um, Murphy in, uh, Atlanta where they lost several prospects really did it.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 So just before we get into the list too much, the, the guys that left, uh, if Kyle Muller was still in the system, he would have been our number one. If, Justin Henry Malloy was still in the system, he would have been our number two. So uh, after they left, it was just like, eh, throw your hands up in the air. But the more I got to thinking about it, I was looking at our list. I, th- I think it's fine. It's just, it's just headlined by such young talent that hasn't proven itself at all that of course people aren't going to look at it as highly as um you know back in the days when you know we just were loaded with uh with prove well not proven but um guys with longer track records right all right so let's um let's talk about the first tier here i, I before this uh i was looking at uh the other some other published uh braves prospect list, prospect list that had come out uh, I try not to look at them, you know, before finishing my own list, so I don't get um, affected by you know, other people's opinions or anything like that. I, I want this to be as kind of fresh as uh, as it possibly can be. So um, the first five are Owen Murphy, J.R. Ritchie, uh, Jer- Jared Schuster, Darius Vines, and A.J. Smith Shaver for us. And I'm going to go ahead and go to six with uh, Cole Phillips. Uh, all these guys, pitchers. And looking at the other lists, um, this is these were very common for the upper half of the list. Um, of the ten other lists that I saw, um, five of them had Owen Murphy. Three of them had Jared Schuster. And two had A.J. Smith-Straver. I think all of them had Richie in the top four somewhere, and most had Phillips in the top five.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I can see that. I mean, there's not going to be a consensus. Uh, Murphy's about as close to a consensus. I mean, like you said, about 50% had him at number one. Uh, this isn't a year where there's a Michael Harris or Ron Acuna Jr. to obviously take the number one spot, so there's going to be a little bit of uh, digression there. But uh, uh, Murphy's a solid pick, and you couldn't have gone wrong with several other players
0: yeah did did you when we were making this list um i you know we were pretty close when we are were, were pulling this together but uh were you ever thinking of maybe uh richie uh over murphy
1: no i never really seriously considered it. i mean i think i think murphy was the guy all along i mean he just he seems to be getting the most most rave reviews so far i mean although he's still a long way from the major leagues that uh, th- the Braves Brass has been raving about him since day one. I think that's what helped push him a little higher up the ladder than Richie.
0: Yeah, I almost think of them as like 1A and 1B, right? They're they're really close in my mind. It's just kind of what flavor do you want. I think Murphy is a little more athletic, and his stuff seems to be a little bit, I wouldn't say better, but Velocity is a little bit better, right? Uh, the the slider I think flashes a little bit better. Richie I do think is is more polished. In fact, it it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Colby Allard Mike Soroka you know thing we had there for a little while where you know you were you were saying okay which one's higher than the other and, and you know and the answer was Allard for a long time there in, until his stuff started taking a, a back seat and then uh, and Soroka's improved so. Um, I I don't think it's that far between those two. And, uh, you know, ask me another day or maybe a few starts in the season, I might flip them, right?
1: And, I mean, being that they're both going to likely start at Augusta, I mean, that could change two or three times by the time they get to the higher levels of the organization.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting down there at least a couple times this year. And then uh, number three, uh, Jared Schuster. Again, that there were three um, lists that I saw that had Schuster number one. Um, our, you know, friend of the show Ben Chase had him number one. And then uh, I assume our friend of the show, if they if he knew we existed, Keith Law had him at number one, and uh, and uh, MLB Pipeline had him at number one as well. So it, Schuster's obviously the choice if you want a guy closer to the majors, a little bit more sure. Uh, someone that's almost certainly going to make the majors right where the certainty for the younger guys isn't there yet um it's just a matter of are you picking over um upside or are you picking um high floor yeah
1: in the in the, in the case of Schuster he had the uh it, like he was in the futures game last year which got him a pretty bu- um, nice little uh bit of visibility so that got him a more exposure and probably bumped him up uh, in the in a couple of the uh, reviewers' minds to get him up to the number one spot. I don't think he's quite there. For, I mean, but like I, said, like I said, any of these first few, you could have justifiably put them in number one and not gotten a serious argument.
0: All right, probably our first kind of um, off-the-wall pick here. I know it's not crazy off-the-wall, but we have Darius Spines at number four. Uh, we have him over uh, A.J. smith Shaver who was the number one pick by uh, our friends over at Battery Power and uh, by Baseball America. Um, and then number six was Cole Phillips, who, like I said, was uh, consistently in the top five for most people. So uh, I'll ask you, um, I'm not sure exactly where we came out on on Vines uh, individually, but i um, I'm comfortable with this, and I want to hear: Are you comfortable with Vines over Smith, Shaver, and Phillips?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think Vines is a uh, high floor, low ceiling kind of guy who could possibly improve on that. Uh, I mean, he did a, a, had a tremendous year at Double A, and then he uh, continued that that success at AAA, although he, he kind of got bumped into a relief role i don't know if it's so much they're trying to back off on the workload or because they had so many starters there at one point last year that they're just trying to get work for everybody um i think they had a couple pitchers there on rehab assignment they were trying to get work for uh and i think that was in the middle of when uh michael sirocco was trying to come back as well so they uh, had vines making like multi-inning relief appearances so i think that kind of uh they have hindered him a little bit, and then they uh, got him back into starting late. But uh, he's, he could very well be one of the first guys up this year. I mean, he is on the 40-man roster. He's had a few starts at the A level. I would think they would be comfortable bringing him up if they needed to and didn't want to mess with the 40-man roster in any way, that he could be one of the first guys to get the call.
0: Yeah, especially if he has a really good spring. I, I think he might be, because of that 40-man roster deal, he, he might be ahead on the depth chart. Ahead of Jared Schuster. So if it was close between the two, they might just go ahead and, and take Vines, especially if it was just going to be like a, a one off deal rather than, you know, something like an injury replacement or something like that.
1: Yeah. Cause let's say, let's say the, um, spray, let's say, for example, Jesse Chavez turns in, into a pumpkin again. And he's like, it's like 30s. It's very well possible. And they need a guy who can pitch multiple innings in the middle of a game. I mean, there's not a lot of options out there and finds maybe a guy that they could look at in that role
0: right for me it comes down to just uh, just the way he pitches and the and the from what I've seen I think he's going to be I think he's going to make an impact in the major league level I don't know if that's going to be in the rotation I, I suspect it'll be in in the bullpen um but his stuff is just good enough I think to uh eventually maybe be that medium to high leverage reliever, multi-inning guy. Um, and those guys, they're important these days, especially with uh, pitchers, you know, doing the kind of five and dive thing. Um, you, you need guys like that that can take two, three innings maybe a couple times a week. And uh, Vines could carve himself out a pretty nice role doing that.
1: Yeah, I and mean, they have a lot of starting pitching depth between Schuster, uh, Dylan Dodd, um whoever doesn't make it out the ian anderson michael soroka bryce elder derby uh, colby allard still around so i mean they've they've got a lot of pit starting pitching depth so they might i mean if you're going to choose a guy that you want to possibly change the role for vines may very well be that guy
0: all right so number five was uh smith Shaver. so we have him that that low so we must hate this guy right
1: (laughs) some might say that but that's certainly not the case uh He's got a higher ceiling than – like, I would say he has a higher ceiling than Darius Vines does.
2: But, oh,
1: sure. But with Darius Vines being so close to the major leagues and having a high uh, floor, that's kind of what contributed to getting him slightly ahead of him on the list here. But Smith Chopper, I mean, he he starts off first half dozen starts of the season. He, he Balls out. I mean, he could very well look at moving up on our list by midseason.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I don't think it would take much, actually. It's just – everything is there for him to be successful. Right. And there's a reason that, um, you know, some, you know, baseball America has some number one and battery power has him number one that his stuff is, is really good. I, you, you say his, his ceiling's higher than Vines. I, I would say his ceiling is higher than anybody on this list. Uh, maybe including Murphy. Um, but the thing that I'm concerned about is, uh, he went through two different injuries last year, including one at the end of the season, which I don't think we've ever seen a lot of reporting on. It, it may be nothing, but it was enough uncertainty there to kind of uh, make me hesitant and, um, and just um, the uh, lack of control. Uh, I think we're used to seeing um, lack of command at that level, but for Smith-Shauver, some days that he just literally couldn't find the plate, um, and uh, it is, no matter how good your stuff is, if uh, you can't find the plate, then uh, uh, you're not going to go very far. He's, he's better than that, and I suspect um, if he had like a, a stretch of health, he could really uh, put up performance, but I just I just need to see it first.
1: Yeah, the same here. Uh, and he's still super young, so I mean, it's not as if uh, he's on his last legs and it's uh, now or never kind of situation. I mean, it's just a matter of just put together a string of um, performance and let's let's see how he does over half a season, and we uh, we could very well rocket him up this list in a hurry.
0: Um, and then number six, we had Phillips, and he has he's one of several players on the list that um that is coming off of an injury right and some of these we have placed pretty high Um, phillips at six we have spencer schwellenbach at number nine and then we have uh adam meyer at number 15 all of them with similar stories uh they had uh, they had surgery um before they were drafted the braves drafted them anyway Uh, and gave them uh you know good bonus money and they all should take the mound at some point this year i assume schwellenbach and meyer will be pitching this spring and i assume cole phillips will go to extended spring training and maybe be ready for sometime mid-season
1: yeah and i think seth keller is in the kind of that same boat as well um yeah, I don't think they'll be ready like day one, but, yeah, it's probably going to be a little ways down the line. There's no hurry, so I think they're going to take very good care of the likes of Cole Phillips and bring him along slowly. But, yeah, Spencer who didn't pitch at all last season. I think he should be ready for, from day one because I think, I think what, about the time he got drafted is when he had – no, was it after he signed with Atlanta when he had the surgery for Schwellenbach? It was
0: just after. Uh, the Braves knew he would he would need it, but he hadn't had it yet.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we're what year and a half out now, so I imagine he's probably ready to get after it.
0: Yeah. All right, with number seven, we get to our first uh, position player, uh, Geraldo Quintero. Um, one of one of my more lengthy uh, write-ups <laughs> on this guy, I, I was like, wow, where did all that come from? Um, <laughs> so I, I kind of have this uh, – some days I love him, and some days I'm like, oof, right? But um, <laughs> I was just watching video for him, and I remembered why I like him, right? Uh, at the plate, it, it, the the answer was staring me in the face. He reminds me of Ozzie Albies. That's why I like him.
1: Yeah, because coming up through the minor leagues, you wouldn't ever have pegged uh, Ozzie Albies as guy that would hit 30 home runs in a season. <laughs>
0: Right, and the likelihood of Cantero being that kind of hitter is pretty small, but it's still just that you know switch hitter, that big open, um, open stance, uh, the um, you know the leg kick, uh, the line, it, it, and I'm talking about the way Albies hit in the minor leagues, right? Just spraying the ball all over, using his legs to make plays. Um, it, he was one of the more fun players to watch in the minor leagues, right? cantero uh, at the plate at least, reminds me of that a lot.
1: Yeah, and, um, I mean, and he's got the other tools too. I mean, he can fly. The one thing he doesn't have that Aussie has is the defense.
0: Right, which is why he's number seven instead of, like, number two.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Cause he, I mean, he, he doesn't have much pop, at least as of right now. Um, and he's he kind, of, kind of a man without a position. I mean, I mean, they didn't keep they didn't play him at all at shortstop. It was really basically flip flop between second base and third base all last season, and wasn't particularly great at either one. I mean, I mean, he's not a butcher by any means, but he's not a guy that's. I mean, that's not the tool that's going to get him to the big leagues.
0: Yeah, of the two, second base was much better than the third than third base. Uh, Third base was was not pretty at all. Uh, Second base, uh, he can he can do it, and maybe if they. left him there. Uh he, we would see improvement there, but uh you know, he's still he's he's going to be 21 on opening day, so still super young. Um the thing about Katera Quinter- though as I think he's going to be rule 5 eligible after the season. So um this is going to be a big season for him.
1: Yeah. Uh I th- I mean he, well, he probably is going to start at um Rome, so I mean he, he he, I think they're going to put. I think if he goes pretty well here early on the season, I think they'll push him to double A without a whole lot of hesitation. Like you said, if he's Rule Five eligible, they want to see what they have, and they're not going to leave him down in Rome all season to um, get a handle on that.
0: All right, number eight, Dylan Dodd. Um, he's the guy we've talked about a lot. Uh, just a, uh, just seems to be uh, the ultimate uh, high floor guy, right? He, uh, he stuff that's. Probably better than we anticipated, but still, it's not, it's not in the uh, Owen Murphy, AJ Smith, Shaver um, area. But he just does a lot of things very well.
1: Yeah, and he he he's going to get starts in the in the major in major leagues sometime this season. It's a matter of when. He may not be on the forty man roster, but I don't think they would hesitate to put him on in a minute if they thought he would help the team out.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I'm just going to call it here. He's the kind of guy that, I think, he's the kind of guy that Brian Snicker kind of falls in love with. And I I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he, he did something, like, early in the season.
1: Yeah, I, in a way, I mean, not the same kind of guy, but kind of Dylan Lee kind of grows on you. I mean, Dylan Lee came up uh, just kind of, he did, I mean, you kind of got to get Snitker's trust. I mean, you're going know, to pitch him in low leverage situations here and there, and that might be what happens with Dylan Dodd. They might bring up for a spot start against, let's say, the Marlins or the Nationals, kind of like what they do would do with Bryce Elder. And if he impresses, then he'll get more trust, and he'll get bigger um, exposure and bigger spotlight shined on him. So I think that's going to be something like that that's going to – it'll kind of creep up on you.
0: I mean, I can hear it now, right? Well, that guy just seems to know how to pitch. Uh, he always does good stuff. <laughs> All right, we had Schwellenbach at nine, um, and then uh, Ambiorius Tavares uh, at ten. One of the big uh, bonus uh, international guys that we had over the last uh, several um, several international signing periods. Once we were off the uh, off the Schneid for the uh, sanctions, so of them, Tavares comes in as first of the lot, um, and this is just basically mostly reports that we heard from the FCL where at least defensively he looks the part
1: and it'll be great when he because it look i mean he could very well start in augusta this season that'll be the first of our international signings to get to full season ball in quite some time
0: speaking of which at number 11 we went with uh luis guanipa uh who was the uh, top guy in the most recent um uh, uh actually the current international signing period uh We talked about him on our last show. So 11, uh, probably more aggressive than I would have thought uh, beforehand, just simply because after the great Kevin Maton uh, debacle, I kind of promised myself I wouldn't get too high on any international prospect that we sign. Uh, But a couple of things here. One, it seems like the Braves themselves are... More excited about this guy than Tavares or Benitez or any of the other guys they've signed recently.
1: Yeah, they really hyped him up, and it also helped that on the list here, he's not blowing past a lot of guys who may have deservedly been ahead of him on the list. I and mean, we'll go through those picks here in a little bit, and you'll see why. But uh, I think I think it's a it's maybe not deserved, but I guess the word I'm looking for is there's you can't argue against it.
0: Right. I mean, he hasn't played yet, so you can't can't really guess. I guess the argument against him is um, it's too high for a guy who hasn't made his debut yet. Right. And that's legitimate. Um, Like I said, it's something that I didn't think I would be doing. But, you know, sometimes you just get a feeling. And this was this was a feeling for me.
1: Yeah. And once you get past him on the list, you're starting to see some serious question marks. And I think that's probably contributed to the high standing as well.
0: All right, well, that sounds like a segue to number 12, Braden Shoemake. Um, <laughs> <ouch>, sorry. <laughs> it was, uh, he, he's a guy, boy, I ha- I struggled with his write-up. Um, it, and it's kind of funny, as I was going through it and struggling with it, I actually felt a little better about him. Um, it did look like he was making some progress at the plate. Um, and it was stuff that I maybe didn't see during the season, but looking at just the pure numbers of it, it does look like there's some progress to be had there. Um, it just, I don't I don't know if he was ever really healthy last year.
1: Yeah, and then it, he couldn't put together any kind of long stretches because uh, as soon as he'd um, be in the lineup for a couple of weeks, something else would happen. Uh, and, of course, he got knocked out there towards the end of the season in that collision with Travis DeMera in the outfield, but... I mean, it was just something which you make all year long. I mean, um doesn't seem like any kind of recurring, nagging injuries. It's just something something different every time. But, unfortunately, this whole start-stop, start-stop thing it wasn't conducive to him having any kind of success last season.
0: Yeah, I, it'll be very interesting to see um, how much run they give him in spring. And, and that's not just – and it's not because, you know, they're looking at him to – you know, make starts at shortstop in Atlanta anytime soon. But I think this is at the part where I I think they're trying to think about who's going to replace Orlando Arcia when his contract goes up next year. And they could just simply, obviously, resign Arcia. And I mean, utility infielders are, you know, relatively inexpensive in the majors, right? But um, ideally, you'd still have you know, a homegrown person there, right. Uh, someone who could particularly potentially take on more, right. And, and shoemake from the day he was drafted, um, felt like that they were grooming him to be a super utility player.
1: Yeah. And then they kind of just pushed him up through the organization. I don't think there was anything to say I mean, he got that bump each year, got the bump to Mississippi, got the bump to Gwinnett. And it didn't seem like either one of those bumps was entirely deserved. Um, But now that he's in AAA, I mean, he's kind of in the... We got to show... It's time to show it. (laughs) You got to show progress at some point. And let's say... Need a backup plan, too. Let's say Von Grissom... I don't think it'll happen, but let's say it gets into June and he, he pulled a Christian Pache or something. He's hitting 160 what you're playing then. I mean, I mean you could always slot it or land RCA in at shortstop, but then you're going to need a backup. And let's say if Braden Shoemake at that point's hitting 300, playing great defense, that he could possibly be brought up as that utility player to back up. So I mean, they're, they're, they they got to try to build this depth up, and I think they really want Braden Shoemake to be part of that mix.
0: Yeah. If he's hitting 300 Gwinnett in June uh, and they bring him up, he's to start. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I, mean, he he, I mean,
1: the glove's there. <laughs> I mean, just got to be able to do something with the bat. Right. All
0: right, moving on. Uh, I'm going to move a little bit more quickly now. 13, Victor Vodnik. Uh, he's been on the uh, on this list for a little while now. Uh, he was drafted in 2018. He, he's probably the first true reliever prospect we have on here. He's a guy that we've liked for a long time. Um, for him, it's just, again, just uh, staying healthy, and he I think he'll be in the majors at some point this year.
1: Yeah, and th- now the fact that they've committed to him to the bullpen now i think that's going to hasten that path and just it wasn't a huge surprise that they didn't protect him in the on the, the rule five draft but he did not pass through um so obviously they didn't have to put him on the 40-man roster but i, th- I think it's going to be you like he, he will be up at some point this season
0: and then uh, number fourteen, Drake Baldwin. He was the top position player drafted in twenty twenty two. The catcher. Uh, he's in major league camp this year. Were you a little surprised at the uh, made, uh, the uh, major league invitation?
1: No, especially being that he's a catcher. They need bodies anyway. But I think a lot of it's just to kind of give him exposure to big league camp. Uh, get uh, Brian Snicker a look at him, and I, I bet he's going to be a guy that Snicker comes out and says, "I didn't know really know about this guy until I saw him play," and it's going to get him and uh, get some eyeballs on him
0: yeah snicker does love the catchers i mean he was a catcher himself right so he gives them a lot of attention so yeah i i i can i can hear that as well you know i was wondering about this guy i saw him on my list but i never saw him play and wow he he's really good
1: yeah i mean it's i'm not, not comparing him in any way but i mean it's the same kind of deal a couple of years ago with michael harris It's like yeah i brought him over and you know he, he seemed to do all right so we'll have to keep watch on this guy <laughs>
0: All right, number 15, and I promise that's my last Brian Snicker impersonation for the evening. Uh, fit Number 15, Adam Meyer, uh, right-handed pitcher. Uh, we mentioned him in the same breath as uh, you know Cole Phillips and, and Schwellenbach, um, a guy who did not get Tommy John surgery, um, even though he has a uh, torn UCL. He got a, uh, a relatively new procedure called an internal brace procedure, which shores up the uh, ucl and tries to allow it to heal naturally um, if it goes well it's only a six month um, recuperation time before starting rehab rather than the 12 month for regular tommy john surgery so if it went well he should be throwing the spring I'm, I'm always like hesitant with um you know new procedures you, you kind of don't know what you're going to get you know we heard so much about uh, you know uh what was it uh, plasma rich injections which never seemed to really work for elbows um, and uh, this is this is just a new thing so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how well he throws this spring
1: yeah i mean it it could work as far as the six month program or we may be hearing in may or june it's like oh, no, but he's got to have the the real deal surgery so yeah it'll be interesting to watch but again uh, i think they're gonna be super careful with him to bring him along slowly
0: yeah, I, I feel like Meyer is probably the biggest variance of. I think we we kind of ended up putting him smack dab in the middle of the of the top portion of the list here at number fifteen, and it was, you know, if everything goes well, his stuff is would put put him in the top six, right? Uh, his his everything uh, that he demonstrated in college. Uh, all of his pitches were really really good Um, but with the with the uh, health of the elbow uncertain and just the the lack of collegiate innings uh, he only threw 35 collegiate innings total had us you know putting this guy I've seen this guy in the top 10 on some other list I've seen him you know in the in the 20s and some other lists too so There is no consensus on here, as you can imagine, for a a player like this. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) I agree fully.
0: (laughs) All right, 16, we got uh, Jesse Franklin. Um, He's the position player that's had to go through uh, Tommy John surgery. Now, position players generally don't have to have the same lengthy rehab as pitchers do, so I would imagine that Franklin will be returning to the field here what in may right or may june
1: yeah i guess he was a couple months into the season before he suffered the injury so unfortunately by that time that he had the surgery it was gonna cost him the the remainder of the season but what's interesting with him is that he's the only outfield prospect in the top half of the organization in the upper levels i mean there it's him and nobody else right now so if he can um pull it together i mean he was he's always been a high strikeout high home run guy um, if he can show any kind of power at all, um, there's no reason he couldn't be up in uh, Gwinnett before too long. But um, obviously, he needs to put some uh, healthy uh, stretch of uh, appearances together.
0: Yeah, I will say if Cantero shows any power at all, he'll be in left field before you say lickety split.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: All right, number 17, 17 is uh, Cal Conley, uh, the shortstop. Uh, we was uh, with August and Rome last year he he's a he's a guy that kind of really got off to a slow start uh in his pro career got off to a slow start last year with Augusta and then got hot really at exactly the right moment for him because it was the time that uh Grissom got promoted from Rome to Mississippi and they needed a backfill uh so that could have been Caleb Durbin it could have been could have been a couple guys in in um In Augusta, playing infield, but because Conley was the hot bat, he got the move up, and that continued for Rome for a good while. He slowed down a little bit at the end, but then uh, went to the Arizona Fall League and had a really nice uh, showing out there. Uh, One of the few Braves that had a good showing in the AFL. Um, So uh, he ends up at number seventeen here. Um, If if he's really kind of turned the corner here, I could see this moving up pretty quick though
1: yeah i think um of course we've already had several players kind of bypass Braden and Shoemaker on the list i think cal conley may very well fall in that category as well like i said uh he got hot at the right time uh everybody had their eye on justin henry malloy in the arizona fall league and cal conley just came along and surpassed all those expectations so yeah in fact uh he likely will start at mississippi um he probably would have been ticketed for rome if not for that big uh stretch there at the end of the season and uh he's got a lot of helium behind him now. So I think he'll uh, get a a good look at Mississippi to start the season and go on from there.
0: Yeah. Got it. Got a uh, spring training invite too. So uh, the big league coaches will take a look at him as well. All right. Number 18, we get the second of our, or I'm sorry, we get the third of our international prospects this time, the uh, 2022 big signing Diego Benitez. Uh, Benitez, he's still only 18 years old, um, still growing. Um, last time we heard he's at six one, 190 pounds. He's a big boy, um, but reportedly doing fine at shortstop. It looks like he's going to hold that position, at least for a little while longer. Um, just um, a shockingly low batting average in the DSL, which um, is what dropped him. We had him as high as 6, so... Yeah, never mind. I guess about what I was saying about being hesitant after Kevin Mayton, we went whole hog on this guy last year. I don't think I, I don't think I realized how how high we had him, but um, but he's down to eighteen now, and you know, a good season in the FCL and they could flip back up again, right? I mean, oh, yeah. uh, the uh, we just don't know. We just don't know.
1: Yeah, and with so many other shortstops in organization. I mean, Tavares, you're getting he's getting a great. Um, write-ups on now Conley I mean that and Benitez is kind of uh lost in the mix as of right now but like I said I mean he could turn that around in a hurry he get get FCL season gets started he gets puts off a good run there he might even touch Augusta by the end of the season
0: that would be exciting all right 19 we get Roderick Munoz uh Hard-throwing righty. Um, he made it all the way up to Mississippi last year and is now on the 40-man roster with a – I wouldn't say it's a surprising addition, but uh, we, we thought it was a possibility but not, not a certain thing like we did with, like say, Darius Vines, right?
1: Yeah, and uh we talked about uh, how the different teams are going to look this season. I mean, that's the third and final Missis- uh, possible Mississippi player on this list. It looks like Jesse Franklin, Cal Conley, and Roderick Munoz are the only – Prospects in the top twenty-five who will be at Mississippi to start the season.
2: Oof.
0: Well, we'll see about Blake Burkhold Halter. Yeah, I guess that's maybe the other one. Um, yeah. So Munoz nineteen again, kind of kind of reflects a little bit of uncertainty about what his role is going to be going forward. Uh, but I really liked the development of his slider last year. Uh, he still throws really hard. Um, he his command improved so. You know, the Arrows were uh, are definitely up for Munoz. Um, just uh, need to see if he can do it for a full season.
1: Yeah, I think they'll keep him in the rotation for now just because I mean, there's really not a whole lot else in Mississippi. I mean, I think Alan Winans is going to be your number one starter there. So, I mean, it's not like as if they're trying to figure out how to slot eight guys into a rotation or anything like that. So, I think they'll keep him there for now and maybe when uh, towards the end of the season when some of these uh, guys from uh, Augusta and Rome start working their way up and uh, they may be looking to back off on Munoz's innings, they might – Throw him in the bullpen at that point. See what he's got there.
0: Yep. All right, number twenty. We got Ignacio Alvarez, uh, who um, I'm going to guess starts in Rome this year, maybe at shortstop.
1: Yeah, it's a possibility because uh, yeah, he was so impressive last year. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, where he starts, where he plays. I mean, I mean he did, he was so impressive at the end of the last season. I would really hope he continues that into the new season, and we can see how far that could take him
0: right and if you were to you know point a gun to my head and said which of these guys do you think is too low on the list this would be my choice for that if it feels like 20 is kind of a placeholder for him i i think he's by mid-season or so he's going to be pushing toward the top 10
1: yeah i think so especially that, that bad and i mean he was kind of the surprise of the draft not i mean mainly because he wasn't the one of the big uh guys that was talked about so much, but he just came in, he delivered immediately, and uh, he he just keeps that up. I, 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 it's going to be fun to see where he ends up at the uh, end of the season.
0: I, I was just so impressed with him, um, you know, playing third base in college, uh, drafted as a third baseman, playing third baseman, and then after getting the call up to Augusta, then just getting thrown at short, shortstop, and he just picked it up like he's been doing it, for years right um just uh v- the versatility that he displayed was um just just very like i said very impressive
1: yeah i mean i mean it could very well end up being a, a, a third baseman or shortstop or he could be a guy who plays several different positions with that bat
0: yeah uh 21 we have another guy that may be way too low uh blake burkhalter another guy that's in major league camp right now um and i think I'll tell you, the the thing that has me hesitant on Burkhalter, it's nothing with his repertoire or anything. It's just what is his role going to be in the short term? Um, How quickly is he going to move?
1: Yeah, because I know they said immediately after drafting him, he's a starter, he's a starter. But, I mean, he could be in the majors this season if if they decide to put him in the bullpen, so... It's gonna be interesting. To see, I don't know if maybe they'll throw him out there and say, "Okay, you're going to start," but it's gonna be like three inning out. I mean, shorter outings for a starter just to get get him some work in uh, and try to get as much work in in as short a shorter time period as possible. So that'll be interesting to see how they uh, treat him from there. I mean, I would guess he would probably start at Rome, but uh, we'll see how that that part of it goes.
0: Yeah, I mean, if they decide to abandon the the starter thing and throw him directly to the bullpen, then he could start in Mississippi. And All right. Uh, 22 is Seth Keller. You mentioned him earlier. Uh, with him, it's, it's just, uh, I think it has to do with mechanics. Um, you know, he only pitched two innings last year uh, as, uh, in his pro debut. So, um, and it's very clear they're working with him on stuff. He's got an extremely violent, um, you know, uh, effort-laden delivery. And I think they're just working on that with him.
1: Yeah, and I imagine he'll start off at extended, and when a slot opens up that they feel like he's gotten prepared, then they'll put him in the mix of Augusta at some point, and, and, and I don't think they'll be in any hurry on that, though, because I think they're going to have a pretty full uh, house at Augusta to start the season.
0: Right. He, he falls into this category that, you know, the Braves like to get these kind of project pitchers, you know... Um, you know, Freddie Tarnock was kind of one of these guys, right? Kyle Muller was one of these guys, right? Um, in the, um, in some way, AJ Smith Chauver was kind of one of these guys, guys with uh, relatively little high school experience, but just super lively arms, right? And uh, sometimes they are in extended spring training a little bit longer than you may think they would be. Like if I recall correctly, like Muller, uh, when, when, when uh, Joey Wentz and Bryce Wilson and Ian Anderson were all in Rome, Kyle Muller was in extended spring training, and then and then in Danville, right? So he was always like a year behind those other guys, even though they were all drafted at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's not necessarily a punishment. I mean, it's not a punishment. It's a, but that sometimes you just gotta it's like staying after class to get some extra lessons in.
0: <laughs> right. It has nothing to do with talent. It has everything to do with with experience and mechanics. Right. You know. Some of these guys are just, um, you know, they were two sports stars in the in the in the in high school or they were, in, you know, cold weather or, or something like that, which caused them to um, cause them to not get as much uh, time on the mound. Right. In Keller's case, he was a shortstop for most of his high school career. He wasn't a starting pitcher until his senior year. So um, so they're just working with him. Um, 23 we get brandon mosquito um guy we're really kind of pulling for um he's down here just because i I don't know I, I'm talking a lot matt what do you think about mosquito why did we put him uh down here at 23.
1: I think he's a high floor low ceiling guy I mean he could he can gets on he gets on base uh, he's got good defensive skills but I mean I think he's got a very limited ceiling um I mean and the fact that he's still kind of in the lower minors is kind of a testament to that i mean but i think uh if he gets off to a quick start this season he could get a bump up to mississippi but i i just don't know how much further he can go in the organization based off his skill set
0: yeah i i was hoping he would fill out physically a little bit more than he has to um i thought he might um you know have a little bit more power by now uh i thought that he um you know he's got he's got tools right he can hit um, it seems like he's got solid power gap to gap but he, he's just not been able to consistently put the ball over the thing he's got speed but it's not doesn't seem to be um he's not the guy you know, he's, he's not gonna base.
1: steal 50 60 bases a season <laughs> right
0: right right yeah he it's it's more of a quiet speed um yeah, I I don't know. It's he seems like a a guy that does a lot of things well, but nothing just really jumps out at you. But again, still very young. He's still he's still only twenty one years old. It seems like we've been talking about him forever, uh, but he's only twenty one years old. He'll probably start in Rome this year, um, and he's a guy that um, will be approaching minor league free agency. <laughs> so,
1: um, minor league free agent at like twenty two
0: yeah you know it's it's the uh you know these international signees this is just what happens with them right they sign so young so uh so Mosquita this is a big year for him um we'll see what happens uh uh twenty four we got douglas glowed so he was behind Benitez he got just a a smidge less than um than Benitez in that uh twenty two signing period uh very similar to Benitez um all the tools are there good. Reports on his defense um, looks like a good batting eye, uh, but um, and uh, like I said, uh, with uh, Benita is an astonishingly low batting average, um, and I don't know. Maybe it's just the pitching that they were facing. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the DSL, I mean, there's no telling. I mean, you got guys that can't even find the plate if they were handed a map. Um, I think once he he'll likely go to the FCL this season, and I think they'll get a little more of a picture of what he can do um i think once he gets stateside we'll start seeing uh what he can what he's really got and i I feel like he's got some potential to him but he's a guy with a really high variance as well and not as much uh pub as the other guys so i think that's what got him to the back end of our top 25
0: yeah and then we got uh adam shoemaker wrapping up the 25 here um so, uh, Shoemaker's still again very young. He's still going to be just 19 years old when he uh, when uh, opening day comes around. But um, you know, started the year in Augusta, and that was probably overly aggressive to start last year. Um, he got smacked around pretty hard, and then was injured. Came back and, and looked pretty good in the uh, FCL. But another guy, a project guy, that uh, you know, Canadian. Um, with the, uh, you know, cold weather arm, uh, just really kind of needs, needs a uh, repetition, right? I, I suspect he'll be in that Augusta rotation with, uh, Murphy and Richie, right?
1: Yeah. Murphy, Richie, and probably Schwellenbach as well.
0: <laughs> right. And then shoemake. And then, uh, you know, could be, could be one of several guys after that. Right. It's, uh, gosh, you got, um, uh, could be Adam Meyer if he's healthy, right. It could be, um, Uh, A holdover from last year, like you know Jorge Bautista, that did a nice job when he was called up to Augusta. Uh, It could even be somebody uh, up from the uh, that end of the year in the FCL last year, like um, like uh, Rolando Gutierrez or um, or Miguel, uh, Miguel Hernandez. Anyway,
1: yeah, among the position groups, I think that Augusta rotation is going to be the one to watch at least early on in the season.
0: All right, and then we have, like I said, the capsules for. For everybody else just flipping through these real quick uh uh brooks wilson and alan Rangel, I, I think of kind of as a pair they were both on the 40-man roster last year they were both designated for assignment early this offseason both re-signed and uh invited to major league camp uh, wilson coming off an injury which cost him the whole year so i was glad to see him back in the fold uh, when he's on, boy, his stuff is really good.
1: I think he'll be in the mix early on. It's um, I mean, after fear, he'll start the season at Gwinnett, but if they need a bullpen arm early on, he might be one of the ones that gets the call.
0: Right, and Rangel, kind of, a, kind of an odd thing here. You know, he spent most of the year in Mississippi. Uh, w- watching video of him and kind of really kind of digging in him for this, um, I really do feel like his stuff like maybe took a little bit of a jump up. But um, the results just didn't happen for whatever reason. And um, I was glad to see the, the organization get him back.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think he's going to be I- – I think they really need to look at him as a bullpen arm. I mean, there's nowhere for him to start at Gwinnett. I mean, he got, I know he got like a brief taste of it at the end of the last season, but I don't see any purpose in sending him back to Mississippi to be a starting pitcher. I think it's uh, time to look at him. I mean, he's got, he's got some <laughs> velocity, and he had some big strikeout games for Mississippi last year. I think it may be time to look at him as a bullpen arm and see how far that can take him.
0: Uh, 28, uh, one of the new international guys, Carlos Monteverde, we slotted here. And this was based solely on what uh, the Braves were saying about him. He just sounds like a guy that's going to hit.
1: Uh, that's going to be a fun outfield to watch. And, uh, not that we could watch, but in the DSL this season, Monteverde, uh, Guanipa, and uh, who, who's the third?
0: John Estevez. Yeah. yeah who's, uh, who's at 36. So we'll just go ahead and group him in here. Yeah. Uh, now, Monteverde is someone that is also described as someone who could play center. Obviously, uh, they're gonna they're gonna put Guanipa there uh, with uh, Monteveri moving over to right, and they say his arm is plenty good for right. Uh, Estevez is lower mainly because defensively he seems to be definitely the third of those three, uh, but also but the bat is supposed to be right there with it.
1: Yeah, that's, like I said, that's gonna be a fun group to hear about. Although we won't be able to watch them, but yeah, that's that's definitely gonna be worth keeping an eye on, especially when that DSL season gets underway.
0: All right, uh, 29, Luke Waddell. Uh, He's another guy with a Major League Spring invite. Uh, Only played in 41 games for Mississippi last year uh, due to injury. Um, It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. I assume he's going back to Mississippi. Um, But, boy, they've been super aggressive with him uh, since he was drafted in
1: 2019. Yeah, I think he he and Cal Conley will probably uh, be the middle infield for Mississippi to start the season, but I wouldn't be shocked to see Waddell move up. I think the injury really hurt him last season. He'd probably be, be starting at Gwinnett right now if it hadn't been for that.
0: Yeah, I said 2019. He was drafted in 2021. Ah. Caden Morton, um, he's another guy kind of in the same mold as uh, Mesquita, I think, where uh, it's time for him to do something. Uh, all the tools are there, uh, but he just strikes out so much. Uh, I would really love to push him up uh, this list a little bit because any given day, he's probably the most exciting player on the field that he's that on in games where he's playing. Um, he he could make uh, you know, an amazing catch, he could hit the ball, you know, a mile, you know, or do something with his legs or something like that. But just um, the lack of ability to get on base is just crippling him right now,
1: yeah. But then he'll have uh, he had a couple of stretches last year where it was enough of a tease to make you keep believing in him. But I mean, yeah, but, oh, yeah. But uh, where, I mean, unlike, let's say, Stephen Paolini, who'd never really had those kind of stretches, Morton t- at least had them. If he could stitch them together, I mean, he could move up in a big hurry.
0: Right. Uh, 31, probably my biggest surprise didn't, who didn't get a um, spring training invite, catcher Javier Valdez.
1: Yeah, you would think with all the uh, catching bodies they got into camp that he would be among that list, but alas, it was not to be, but... uh be interesting to see how they uh, go with him this season. I mean, his his defense behind the plate, I mean, he's a good game caller. He's got some p- pretty good glove back there, but he cannot throw up a runner out to save his life. So, I mean, it's, hopefully he improves upon that this season. But, I mean, he showed some pretty nice bat after getting the, the promotion from Rome last year. So, we'll see if he can uh, keep building upon that.
0: Yep. And then we really get into kind of more of the big question marks here. By the time we get to thirty-two here, and you know, Cade Bunnell is a guy that we enjoy talking about. You know, it seems like it, it's walk home or strikes out two times literally every game, right? Uh, Austin Smith, number thirty-three, is a is a reliever that we're keeping an eye on. Went to um, went to Arizona and, and did pretty well. Uh, did a really nice job as Rome's closer last year, so uh, he should be at Mississippi this year. Uh, Number thirty-four is kind of an enigma. Tyler Collins, um, you know, had some buzz on him after he got drafted in twenty twenty-one, and then just disappeared last year. And I assume for injury, but uh, no one's ever said.
1: Nope. I just have to keep an eye on him. If we don't see him again this year, then we'll kind of we'll send a message, I guess.
0: Let's see. Noah Williams, a a, uh, you know, an athletic outfielder uh, that was uh, drafted last year is thirty-five. Uh, John Estevez we talked about 36, uh, 37 Didier Fuentes right-handed pitcher. He was, um, a pitcher in the DSL and you you were talking about, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, what's real and what's not real from uh, DSL and Fuentes could be one of those DSL mirages, right? But he really stood out, uh, at least statistically, uh, just, um, just not walking anybody which is really unusual right and just how young he, he is he was p- played last year at the age of 17 he doesn't turn 18 until June uh and reportedly he's got four pitches already um so that's pretty exciting
1: yeah uh I mean there's not a lot you can read in the DSL but if you're not walking anybody in your pitcher down there that's something to keep an eye on
0: and then uh, 28's, uh, you know, old friend Cody Milligan uh, got a major league invite. Um, they, he, uh, he really put the work in last year and uh, probably I would call him the most improved prospect in the Braves organization last year. Would you say? Yeah, would you I, give me that one.
1: Yeah, because I mean, he, I mean, he's turned into OBP machine. I mean, it's kind of an odd mix of being a second baseman, center fielder, but I'd like to see him try to add some more positions to his repertoire this this season to try to kind of uh, build his resume up to be a utility man in the major leagues.
0: After watching him play a lot of second base, I'm not sure I'm with you on that. <laughs> but uh, if he adds another position, it would probably have to be the corners, yeah. right? I, I mean, he's not going to play shortstop for no. <laughs> that. Um He was a catcher in college, believe it or not. So I, I don't know if that may be on the table. Seems doubtful, but um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, he looked really good in center field. So uh, I think that might be where he ends up. But all right, 39 is Tyler Tolvey. Another guy with a, a major league spring invite, uh, big bat, pretty good fundamental catcher, uh, just strikes out. Ridiculously high amount.
1: Yeah, he's gonna have to uh chose improvement on that to get up to higher levels, but I wouldn't be surprised to get at least another bump up here uh before the end of the season.
0: Uh, 40 is our placeholder for Desbel Hernandez. Um, I don't know, man. We haven't seen from him, he had uh, Tommy John surgery after uh, tearing his UCL in the Mexican Winter League last year or last offseason. Uh, so I have not seen or heard of an update for him.
1: I haven't either. And I mean, just kind of based on his age and his, uh, even when he was healthy, it was a lot of, a uh, lot of hit and miss. I mean, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of strikeouts, a lot of walks. Um, I had him well behind uh, Brooks Wilson there. they kind of came up a hand in hand in the organization to- together, especially the the upper levels. And I think Wilson mm-hmm. is way ahead of him in that regard. But I mean, th- th- Hernandez has something left in him. He's just got to be, he's got to get healthy so we can see what's there.
0: Yeah. And that's number 40. I think I'll, let's go ahead and stop there. If you want to see 41 through 50, it's on outfieldflyrule.com. Um, uh, really fascinating stuff when you get down to that list that, that far down. Right. So, um, but, uh, if you uh, have any comments for us or anything like that, please feel free to comment on the site or you can find us on Twitter, I am at K260P. And, Matt, where can they find you?
1: At, at Braves Matt C. And, of course, I mean, there's always our Facebook uh, Outfield Fly Rule group. Feel free to ask questions there as well. One of us will get you.
0: Yeah, I asked uh, last week before it came out uh, just kind of who their um, – you know, the Facebook group, who their um, top prospects would be if they were making their list. And um, uh, the winner was Jared Schuster. So, yeah. Um, they, uh, they agree with Keith Law and not
1: us. Oh well, there's no accounting for taste, but hey, that's. <laughs> but like we said, I mean, in, anybody in that top five, uh, you could have made a case for.
0: Yeah, and then they had Smith Shawver second. So uh, yeah, Owen Mur- Murphy actually only got one vote.
1: Well, he got a vote from us, and that's what counts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's uh, that's right.
1: <laughs> make make your own list if you don't like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what we did, right? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to talk about, Matt?
1: No, I think that gets us off to a strong start. Um, spring training's going. I know we're still, like, many, about six weeks away from the regular season with the uh, uh, World Baseball Classic in, in in the mix there as well. So there's going to be a, a lot of discussions here over the next few weeks, but uh, that's, that's going to be a fun ride, uh, but more so than uh, last year's spring training, which was very truncated and is basically in and out
0: yeah and we were still dealing in the shock of the uh of uh losing freddie freeman and gaining uh matt olson you know in one fell swoop that was that was some weird times man
1: yep and that, that was i think that's more the shock to the system of actually trading prospects away after being told for so long oh yeah they'll, have, they haven't traded a high-ranking prospect in x number of years and then trade them all at once. <laughs> yes, that was
0: the narrative, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I believe. I believe some good friends of ours said point blank: Alex Anthopoulos is scared of trading uh, prospects because uh, what happened after he traded Noah Syndergaard in Toronto.
1: Yeah, and to disprove that entirely, look at the prospect list right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, this was a good exercise. I hope uh, everyone was entertained and has some uh, food for thought uh, as we go into this minor league season. Uh, We'll be back probably in a couple weeks. Right, Matt? I don't know.
1: Yeah, that that sounds right. And uh, hopefully we'll get some more uh, looks and uh, hear some things about some of these uh, prospects and get some more opinions on them.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll have a few uh, spring training games, and of course the especially the early spring training games, a lot of prospects get in to games. So we will be uh, monitoring all that, seeing uh, who's getting good looks, who's uh, doing well, who's opening up the uh, eyes of coaches and stuff like that. And then uh, later on in March, we'll do our annual um, uh, minor league fantasy draft. Um, I believe I am I have a two year. Uh, winning street going.
1: So you can see me getting skunked once again. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's all skill.
1: Yes, it is. No but, luck whatsoever.
0: That's right. All right, everybody. I hope you have a great week.
2: Have
1: a good
2: one. Chagrins et plaisirs, je n'ai plus besoin d'eux. Balayer les amours avec leur tremolo, balayer pour toujours, je repars à zéro. Non, rien de rien. Non, je ne regrette rien be young. Oh, yeah.